thank you that we just feel refreshed, that we're excited to be here, and that we're just expecting for you to move. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you, we love you, and come and do what only you can do.
many of you know that God sends fire on sacrifices?
worship band, a round of applause. Please. Hi, Glenn. Good to meet you. Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. Man, well, we are so excited for tonight. Man, when the, when the presence of the Lord comes, is there, is there not, like, there's just, you just want to stay there, right? There's no better place to be. And uh, I really do believe that this is just the beginning. And I just have such the honor and the privilege of introducing Diane Lehman, our, our, one of our senior pastors, and just she's such an amazing woman of God, and I don't just, I'm not just saying that because she's technically my boss, <laughs> um, but we just look up to her so much. She really is like a spiritual mother, so if you haven't met her, I just encourage you to come up and get prayer from her tonight and get to know her because she just has an amazing passion for the Lord, and just an intimacy and a love to say, God, take my life, use me to spare change in your pocket, and I will go anywhere you tell me. So guys, get, get ready. It's going to be an exciting night tonight. We, we welcome her in. Actually, you know, and he does, he manifests himself 
that way. But the enemy is always dying, trying to steal the truth that he is in here. Many, many years ago, um, a woman came to teach at the church in Spring, Georgia. And uh, a professor at the College of Vietnam had somehow gotten to meet with her. And she was a complete stranger that, I don't know, we just took a chance. That's actually most of my message tonight is there are going to be these times when God just interrupts. It doesn't make sense. You have like just a, almost sometimes a moment to make a decision. Am I going to go with it or not? And that's, that's always one of the risks. Okay, so she comes and she goes, she was from the south. I'm going to tell you what is a secret. <laughs> so then she has to all write down what we thought the secret to the Christian life was. And so we all write down. And then, and then we had to share. What did we think? And so we did a 24 hour prayer and you know, intimate worship, memorizing the Bible, serving the poor. I mean, we all had all these ideas. And with each one, she felt, So then finally, she goes, let's see what the Bible says. And I can't say the Bible from the South. But anyway, um, she turns to Colossians you know, 1, and she goes, the Apostle Paul told us, this was the mystery, hidden for ages. Hidden for ages. We get to know that we get to know the secret. That's the same word in the Bible. Secret and mystery. And this is it. Christ in you. Just some religious jargon. That is the reality of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. We are already one with Him. We may not walk in the fullness of that, okay? Like you might be saying, oh, how could that be? And I got such a mess in my emotions, just in my body, in my life. It's like, no. That's actually the message of Acts 10. You don't call anybody unclean, said God. Wow. Really? So we're going to look at that, but before we get started, um, I thought we'd do just a, a quick exercise. This is a common exercise, actually. Um, I think we'll just show maybe just one of the pictures. We want to save lots of time for ministry. Huh? Oh, you got an extra?
and then some of you see the face.
And of course, that's what I, that was the voice of my pastor, that was the voice of my parents, that was the voice of my faith community. So that was my paradigm. Well, lo and behold, uh, my husband, who was working in financial planning at the time in downtown Champaign, one day a young man walked into his office, and this guy was also a financial planner, but they really weren't like good friends or anything. He didn't actually even know he was a believer. But he said to my husband, Did you know God is still doing miracles? And Happy was like, That roost God, not only my own 
actually can limit God, you know, by saying no to him or backing off or it, that seems unusual because can't God do what he wants? No, actually he can't. Because he's already put in motion, you know, the way things operate and our free will has a lot to do with that. Um, I think uh, Daniel, or I think Daniel referenced this a couple weeks ago, the Mark 6 text about when Jesus was in his hometown, he couldn't do any uh, mighty works. He could heal a few people, which is pretty good, but he couldn't do any mighty works. And that's because um, their unbelief in who he was limited God. And so we, we want to always be like, all right, you know, I want to be open to see things the way you see it. I want my paradigm to line up you know, with what the Bible has to say. And there's a lot of instances in Jesus' ministry when people saw it, they, it was right before their very eyes, whether it was you know, blind people getting healed or dead people being raised, you know, Lazarus out of the grave, or demonized being delivered, and people refused to believe. <laughs> they just refused. And so Jesus said, wow, having eyes you do not see, having ears, you do not hear. And that's a really scary place to be. And again, that's what the Apostle Paul, um, or Peter, had to make a decision in Acts 10. And so you can, I don't know if you have your Bibles with you, but I'm going to put up some of the scriptures. But one other quick paradigm shift story um, before we get to the Bible on um, The founder of the vineyard was a man named John Wimber, and you've heard us reference him, he's been in the Indian services, and he's now bonding with Jesus. But he had an amazing paradigm shift in his own life. Again, he was a Quaker, he didn't believe God did miracles, and then he had this experience where he chose to believe this is God, this is the Holy Spirit, and embraced it, and he changed history around the world with it. But interestingly, he was invited to teach a course at Fuller Seminary, and it's a very famous course called MC 510, uh, Miraculous in Church Growth, because what he discovered when he traveled around the world, he was a church growth consultant, that places where the church was growing the most is where miracles were being done, you know, where the dead were being raised, and uh, the blind eyes were opening, and so He's like, wow, none of that happens in the U.S. to the degree that he saw around the world. And so he began just to teach, mostly from the book of Acts, actually. And, um, but he, he was never content just to teach. And we're not going to be content just to teach tonight. He always wanted people to experience. And so he would, what he said, uh, show and tell. Tell the scripture and then you show what the Holy Spirit does. And he's very, very clinical about it. I had the privilege, actually, of knowing him personally and spending time with him. And um, he was really an interesting person because he wasn't flashy. He wasn't intense. He really wasn't very passionate. It, it would be just like, come Holy Spirit. And it was so cool because you knew it had absolutely nothing to do with him. And it wasn't like about getting the right atmosphere or, you know, anything like that. Like, we would say to him, how do you get ready, you know, for, we, we would attend massive 
back in the 80s. You know, get ready. And he was a real heavy guy at the time. He goes, I drink an Diet Coke. Like, what? Like you're not fasting for three days? And uh, he just wanted to dispel that it has nothing at all to do with our works. And he just wanted to say it's the grace of God. And when you recognize that, that it actually has nothing at all really to do with what a cool speaker I am or if I can make you laugh or it's really what I'm trusting is the work of the Holy Spirit in the human hearts and in this room. And so that's what he did. The course, okay, there have been two seminary courses in the entire uh, span of, of history that have been like world changers. One, some of you seminary type people know of a man named Karl Barth, very famous German theologian. Okay, he uh, did a whole course called Dogmatics and it changed the world. And um, that was number one, and number two was John Lewis course that you taught for somewhere. Now, unfortunately, because the Holy Spirit kept falling on people, and just like people get delivered of demons, or they fall on the floor, or they speak in tongues, just like they do in the book of Acts, um, the course got canceled. Yeah, which was just tragic. But that never bothers the Holy Spirit. He's actually used to that. Uh, people are often trying to shut him just like, okay, we're not going to stop God. So you can limit God in that, in your life or in that arena, but you're not going to stop God. So anyway, that got to be part of seeing all of that take place. And again, and more than ever committed that I want to be open to any paradigm shift God has for me. And he took our church through a major one five years ago, and we're still in it. So most of you won't even hear that. And uh, it mostly had to do with just having our eyes opened afresh to how glorious the gospel is. And uh, the whole identity message and righteousness that birthed the school of kingdom ministry. So what I'm going to say to you, you're all learners now, you're hungry, you're young, don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop. Because there's so in Jesus are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, you know, unsearchable riches. And I wake up every day wondering, what's the Holy Spirit going to teach me today? And excited, because there's so much more. Not just to know my head, but to experience. Okay, so let's get to our text so we can get on the ministry. Um, we're in Acts 10, and are most of you familiar with this story? I guess most of you are. Um, yeah, I'm not, okay. Uh, I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to talk a little bit. But, um, uh, Okay, this is a story, um, it's a turning point in, in history, again, and there was a Roman um, officer, so he's not a Jew, you know, he's a Roman, and his name was Cornelius, but he was a God-fearing guy. He, he was kind to the Jews, he actually prayed every day, so he gave money to the poor, but he didn't know Jesus.
school teacher in Iowa City. He's 37 years old. And he's finishing his uh, PhD there. And so he doesn't always want to be a high school teacher, but he has four kids and he's kind of bogged down. So um, he's always been a very um, spirit-filled young man, but just again through academia, life, just some situations in his church and things, he's pulled away from the Holy Spirit. Not, not away from Jesus, just come from the Holy Spirit. Okay. But it doesn't matter, we still love him. <laughs> anyway. Um, so at Christmas, my older son gave him a book. And it was written by this pastor in Chicago. So uh, AJ said, oh, okay. I'm just going to have to read it. I don't I'm reading it because you gave it to me. Well, in it, he talked all about you know, this personal angel and that he always saw. And, you know, AJ's just like, I mean, really? I mean, this is ridiculous. He goes to sleep one night about a week later. And he has this dream. And in the dream, and he's not a dreamer, and in the dream, he meets his angel. And it's so real to him. And I mean, he's very rational. I mean, he's not given. As a matter of fact, he kind of resists that, okay? The angel actually even told him his name and where, what he's been doing for AJ and where he is and like where he can be aware of like, his presence. And he woke up the next day and then he says, told the whole family, and he's just like, something's happening. Something's happening. And, and I actually think about angels. If we don't want to focus on them, they are real. They're here. They're here tonight. Um, maybe some of you will dream tonight and meet your angel. I don't actually know mine, but I know the last prayer I pray every night is, thank you, Father, for the angels that are all around our home, uh, the homes of my children, my grandchildren, our church community. Yeah. So anyway, an angel shows up to Cornelius. Right away, again, very supernatural paradigm. And that would be quite common in, in this is considered you know, the Eastern, uh, uh, although that was Europe and Italy, but they're more like spiritual, you know, they're open to those things. And he's frightened, but he's like, okay, whoa. And the angel said, God has actually noticed, you know, how sincere you are, you're praying, you're giving money. Um, I want you to send for a man named Peter. He's down there staying with a guy named Simon by the seashore. Now, I think this is interesting. Why didn't the angel just announce the gospel? Why didn't the angel just minister to it? Because humans are sent to carry the gospel. Now, angels have a lot of other things they do to protect us and intervene, and they do some amazing things. But humans are sent to speak the gospel. And so, well, Cornelius, um, okay, fine, I'm going to send some guys that can walk, I don't know, three days or whatever. Meanwhile, Peter, the Apostle Peter, he's um, at a house, and he's praying. Don't you love this? Like, that's when I walked in here the night you guys were praying, I'm like, stuff happens when you pray. And um, he's praying, he's hungry, he's waiting for lunch with Trance. Does anybody here ever fall into a trance? I mean, you did not. Does anybody 
make ourselves do, but it's available. But if your paradigm says no, like that's only weird or of an evil realm or something, then you may not have the opportunity to fall into a trance. So he falls into a trance, and in the trance he sees this vision and he sees it three times. A huge sheet is let down and it's filled with all kinds of animals that Jews are forbidden to eat. And each time he hears, rise, kill, and eat, he's like horrified. Now again, if I had seen something like that, you know, when it, like it, I was, this is very embarrassing for me, like if I saw a vision and there's this really handsome guy and God said, rise, embrace, in there and he's like, 
when the Holy Spirit falls, something happens. This was God. I hope something happens. <laughs> um, and that was a huge, again, paradigm switch. He could have said, they're faking it. Like, that can't be. They're, they're, they're non-Jews. Thank you so much.
bring you the experience you need. Just don't harden your heart. Because that was what Jesus said. He said, he said, well, you know, they have eyes, they don't see, they have ears, they can't hear, their hearts are hard. It's like clean. I don't want to be there for that. So yeah, help me. Is that yeah, is that good? Start you on another you know, negative journey, which is awesome. 
Why? Because he shed his blood to take that away. So whether you're still living in it and he wants to empower you to overcome it, that's one thing. But it starts with knowing he sees you as clean. He sees you as wiped 100% clean, holy, blameless. And he wants to teach you how to live in that reality. So I'm afraid of I ask you to come right now.
belly won't bulge in rivers. This Holy Spirit I ask that you gush forth just with a refreshing, just a refreshing stream of your presence, just coming up. Some of you might even feel like a bubbling sensation or even a just a ripple. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come up. Flow. And if you've never spoken in tongues and you want that, you can just open your mouth and begin to speak. You just don't speak your native language, which for most of you is English. Just begin to speak. And you're speaking intimate things with God when you do that. You're speaking uh, prayers that you don't have words to pray. And some of you are in situations you don't have. Uh, you, you, you've run out of words. You, you have no way to pray for those I just feel like, too, uh, you know, Scripture says we prophesy in part and we know in part. I think some of you right now know what is going on. And all we're doing is God is a God who loves to speak. And uh, yesterday, I'm in a meeting with like 15 people, and the Lord highlighted someone. And he said, he told me, this guy is going to work for Ben Perkinson's dad. He owns a landscaping business. And he's like, he's going to become one of his best employees. Like God, that's crazy. That's not you. That's me. And I, I was afraid to tell his dad because I often go up to him and say, "Oh, I found a great employee." <laughs> well, I went up to him yesterday, scared. I'm like, "Mr. Perkinson, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I really feel like this guy is supposed to work for you, and he's gonna be like your right hand man. It's actually Carol's brother-in-law." And I told him this, and he gets this huge smile. He's like, "Ryan." I need to tell you something. He said, today was his first day. He already works for me. <laughs> and guys, God is a God who loves to speak. And the more we spend time with him, the more we recognize his voice. So if anyone, like, doesn't feel confident that God speaks to you or wants to hear more, I would just love to pray for you. And it's a journey. So come up and let me pray for you if you want that.
day after day, day after day, we go there, we just, we just fellowship with Jesus, and we end up finding out that he was actually an evangelical preacher who believed in the five fold. And at the end of the week, when uh, the Lord had done his, done his good work, he finally had to say goodbye, and he said, hey, Jesus, now we want to ask you again, what do you want prayer for? And he said, he said, man, I just feel alone. Like, this is a guy proclaim to cast out demons and just see radical healings and yet he felt alone. And like some of you, like I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of the church that just believes that God is up here and heals today. But some of you are just, you just feel alone right now. And I'm like, I want you guys to know that God did not die on the cross to get you into heaven. He came to get heaven in you today. God's not a distant father. The veil's been torn. He wants to live a life of communion with you. Man, today, God, I don't know if there's some people that just, they just are putting limitations on what you have in store from God, or they're, they're expecting you to move in a certain way before they let you in completely. But God, I just pray that you just break down these barriers tonight, God. God, we don't want to, we don't want to take limits on you based upon what we need, God. God, we just want to, we don't want to know you by your words, we want to know you by your heart, God. Father, let us just 